Hello and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. I'm Suzanne Gavrilovich, Business Director at MOI, making work absolutely human. And I'm joined once again by the wonderful Jess Pollard. Welcome, Jess. Hi, and it's great to be back on the podcast again this week, two weeks in a row. I know. You're becoming a regular. (laughs) So we've now had six full months of disruption of our usual way of working. Um, and we've heard endless discussions on to office or not to office and, uh, you know, how to have great online meetings. Um, and we wanted to uh, delve a little more deeply into this question and to talk about what lies at the heart of this office debate question. Mm. So it really is about how and where we connect and do our best work. Yeah, that's right. And it's interesting. So for some people, it's going to be this mixture or hybrid form of at home and in the office that's kind of bespoke. For others, they've already hit the road, they're in Tahiti on their laptop and they're never returning. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh, And others just simply can't do their work without people and without place, whether it's healthcare, hospitality, policing. Um, So today we thought, what about we ask some of the key questions to think about when deciding what's the best fit for you and your team Mm -hmm. and what connecting for you might look like into the future. Um, So, yes, first question off the bat is, yes, what part of your job requires you to thrive when you're collaborating in person with others? So when you're face to face talking about things, debating things. So what do you think on this one, Suzanne? So I'm going to look at a couple of our clients to provide some insights and thoughts on this. So um, we work with a creative team who've all gone back to the office to work. Um, They found working face-to-face is fundamental to their creative process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one person has an idea that they voice and another one builds on that and then somebody interjects with another idea and so on Mm -hmm. until they come up with something wonderful. Yeah. And... That process tends to happen organically. And they found that they just haven't been able to replicate that properly on Mm. online. It just hasn't worked for them. Uh, They were all struggling. So they they are back face-to-face and they all wanted to be back face-to-face. And it's interesting because it's such an iterative process. It is. That it's uh, hard to... And you also, when it's something that's so, uh, uh, yeah, iterative over time getting the body language from other people, that signal of that's a good idea, that's a bad idea, should we follow that path? That's and a bit harder to do on Zoom. The spontaneity <laughs> of like when someone first has the idea brings up something. Yeah. You know, that... that. Yeah. Um, another organisation we know works in the finance area creating deals. Mm. And they found that the deal makers needed to collaborate really closely with the asset teams in order to come up with the optimum deal structures for their clients. Yeah, interesting. And the collaboration kept the deal makers honest and the two teams really need each other's input for their deals to take form. And mm. what they found coming together online made them a group of individuals rather than the two teams. So more transactional. Yeah, mm. And, mm. and they needed that um, kind of adversarial approach of this group over here and this group over here um, debating and keeping each other honest and they couldn't replicate that well online. So it sort of broke down that natural conversation, team collaboration structure that had been working for them in the past. That's right. So are they back in the office? They are back in the office. (laughs) (laughs) And so these two examples just are where people just needed to be face-to-face for the way they work to thrive. Mm. 
Um, so just the next question we're going to talk right. about, uh, how are you going to find organic ways to connect your employees and to create innovative approaches to onboarding and learning strategies? Yeah, this is such an interesting question. It is. Um, and so full disclosure, I onboarded during COVID. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm a little bit of a case study <laughs> uh, in saying that I was different and that I was in the office. Yes. Um, when it comes to onboarding, I think there's an interesting question that I haven't been hearing many people sort of reflecting on, which is there's this thing called the engagement gap, which is how long does it take you to be able to engage in an area effectively? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the best kind of analogy is to learn a language. You know, yes, you may be able to say bonjour, but when you arrive in Paris, how long does it take you to start to be able to have some sort of conversation with someone? Mm-hmm. And that's that conversation gap. Oh, engagement gap, sorry. And I think in organizations it's the same. How long does it take you to understand the acronyms, to be able to open a document, to know who the clients are, to be able to kind of wrestle with some of the concepts at the level of the team? Mm -hmm. And I think in terms of onboarding, face-to-face has to win out in that one because you're being able to see, you hear, it's a full sensory experience, whereas onboarding digitally is a really challenging thing. In saying that, I think that is just going to require us to be more creative Mm -hmm. in how we design those learning experiences and how we get people to connect and talk about things so that that initial engagement gap is quicker. Mm -hmm. Because essentially, the longer it takes an employee to engage effectively in a new area of learning, the more it's costing you as an organization because they're not as effective. So it's sort of one of those things where it is a return on investment question. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of learning... How do we meaningfully connect and learn? I mean, I am an advocate that tech is going to play a big part in that. Uh, and I'm looking forward to people that are and organizations that are going to be really creative and innovative. And that's why I guess we've spent a lot of time in the VR space, mm-hmm. uh, but trying to create learning that can, where possible, mimic some of the really personal and social aspects of learning, which are just so critical. Mm-hmm. Um, another cool idea we had a client use is a thing called sort of remote coffee catch-ups where you can put your kind of name in and you can opt to just meet someone new in the organization that you haven't before and so it can mean that if you're onboarding in the first two weeks all of a sudden you're on a coffee catch-up with the ceo and then you're exchanging stories about what it means to work at different parts of the organization and you're helping to kind of grow that sense of community and and belonging within the organization so i think there are innovative things that are already happening at the moment there are And a final kind of one with the onboarding and learning is I think we need to challenge ourselves to think differently about the spaces that we already have. If an office is not going to look the same, what could it look like? Mm. Um, So when it comes to learning, you know, maybe we're not going to have five-story office buildings for organizations. It's going to be one story, Mm. but those spaces are going to be designed uh, much more effectively. They're going to be much more creative, more collaborative. So I think I'm looking forward to seeing how people... Um, really curate their space to make it worth people wanting to come into the office. Yeah, how that evolves will be interesting. Yeah. All right, Suzanne, back to you. Next question. What are some of the dangers of shutting the office down completely that you think are worth considering? 
Well, yeah, at the opposite end of the spectrum, where some people have literally closed down their offices and forced people to work remotely, um, there have been some really un unintended consequences. And, you know, this was an initial reaction to the COVID crisis, and our friends in Victoria may have had no choice to, but to mm. keep doing this for the moment. Um, but there are a few reasons why this is a really bad idea. So we've already spoken about some people who feel their best work happens when, they're, uh, when they've got the space to connect. But there are also people who simply can't work well at home. So think about um, young people who are living in a shared, um, a shared environment and... You don't like hanging out with your house. And, and you know, <laughs> they might be friends, but when it becomes 24-7 and they're competing for the small space at the dining room table or stuck in their bedroom, mm. um, that's going to get uh, wear thin mm. pretty quickly. Mm. Um, and then you've got people whose home environment may not actually be safe, uh, which means forcing them to be at home for all the time mm. is actually impacting their well-being. Um You've got people who live alone and in a small space and they simply need human interaction that comes with hanging out with their teammates. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, completely being alone mm. all the time is not a fun activity. So, yeah, and it's interesting. We, ha we haven't really talked about those risks. Mm. Uh, and I guess because we've had such strong advocates coming out saying everything's going to be 100% remote. That's the way of the future. But it is, I guess, probably a minority of people, but where being at home all the time is a high risk yeah. for them and for their well-being or for their health and safety. That's right. Um, and that is worth considering, especially if you're creating policies in this space. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know one office that specifically didn't close down their office and, and always left the option for a handful of people to come in mm -hmm. and work from the office. Uh, and that was their choice. Mm -hmm. um, and for varying reasons. Mm. And they don't have to say what the reasons are, but um, they always had that option to come into the office, which I've was great. A curveball question. Mm. How would you gauge that from a team? How would you get an understanding of um, the number of people that might need that? Space? Well, you simply have the conversations. So, mm. you know, we're, we're sending everybody home to work because of this COVID crisis. However, if for any reason you feel you need to come into the office, it's still here available for you. And I wonder if we're also at the point where we're now getting used to this new new normal. Everyone's talking about the new normal, you know, um, where those conversations need to be started again. Do you think we're kind of reaching that point too where... Look, I think just conversations should be happening all the time. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're a, a team leader, then you should be having those conversations with your people all the time and know mm -hmm. where they're at understand who's doing well working remotely who's not um what and and we talk about you know co-creating your working environment and if you have those open conversations all the time then you'll understand from your team what they're looking for mm. i think that's really valuable and something yeah maybe people don't give enough thought to at times sure mm. sure uh all right so we're going to look at one more question. Final question. Um, what is the one thing about the emerging future workspace that you're excited about? Ooh, I found this hard to stick to one okay. typical answer, <laughs> but I am really excited by the idea of maybe work can be more inclusive mm -hmm. if it is remote. Right. Um, because there is, I guess, the possibility of greater access for those who can't 
get to a certain location or haven't had access in the past. And so I do think maybe it could provide a more inclusive environment where it could. uh, And so that's one exciting thing. The others I think is how are organizations going to think differently about making the office so enticing (laughs) that I want to come in. Absolutely. And I think it's forcing them to step up their game and to be more creative. Uh And I think that's often it's that kind of uh, that mindset that leads to great results. So I'm excited about that. How about you? Excited about what might happen. Yeah. Look, I think just the flexibility to choose the right workplace for the work, that excites me. And, and the fact that we're now all thinking about this, rather than a homogenous approach, all in the office or all remote, mm. we're consciously choosing our approach to suit the work. And, and mm. that excites me that there's a choice involved. Um, and it also means we can make choices to better fit with our lives. And I think that's a really big improvement from yeah. uh, dictating you know, a standard approach. Mm-hmm. It just seems to me um, more accessible to everyone, that flexibility now, rather than just yeah. being available to a few. And, yeah. and that, that's an exciting change. Yeah, agreed. So it's a really fundamental human need to feel like you're part of a tribe. And it's getting hard. It, it's hard to get that feeling without some direct human contact. Mm. Um, we've been speaking about belonging for a few weeks now Uh, it's our favorite topic and this sense of being part of your tribe is fundamental to feeling like you belong Mm. and so while we started the conversation with the two offers or not two offers because it's an an integral part of the question but the base of it is really this how do we connect and what uh, human contact do we need in order to thrive in our work yeah and so even if some of us are really big introverts i don't count myself in that group um <laughs> but we still need to feel like we belong to our tribe we do. um and to find ways to connect together and that's at work but that's also in community uh and i think one of the things i was thinking about is it's interesting maybe for you out there listening is Perhaps it's worth reflecting on, I guess, different spaces in which you feel like you really connect and belong. Mm. You know, whether that's what part of your work do you feel like you really connect with your team? And how do you get more moments of that in every week? And then how do you do that more broadly, maybe at a community level or at a family level? Um, Yeah, and you're having to be pretty innovative at the moment, especially if you're in Melbourne. Absolutely. It's certainly (laughs) worth... Yeah, taking a moment to think about it because... Yeah, it can be, it's such a big part of all of our lives. So it's good advice. Mm. Uh, that looks like a great place to leave our discussion. Uh, so thank you, Jess. This has been Suzanne Gavrilovich and Jess Pollard from Woo-hoo. What? Making Work Absolutely Human. Uh, we'd love to hear your ideas on this topic. So drop us a line at team at what.live or for more, uh, visit our website on www.moi.live. And it's a big mark from us. Yay. Have a great week, everyone.